Hey everybody, this is James and Marco and Abel, and this is the Movie Pals Podcast number 12. And today's pod is brought to you by Waterfront Comics, located at 609 Main Street, Sassoon City, California, open every day from 11 a.m. to 6 p.m. So if you're looking for a gift for your avid comic book fan or a collectible for a friend, come to Waterfront Comics. John is the guy to see. And if you can't come in person, no worries. Waterfront Comics does ship to home via their email, waterfrontcomics at gmail.com. And today we were going to be going over uh, what we've been watching, a couple news items. Uh, we're also going to be looking at Stranger Things 2, a little mini review on what we thought about the season, a topic by me, and then our review of the new Pixar film, Coco. And also... At the end of the podcast, please stay tuned because Marco will be announcing our next giveaway brought to you by Waterfront Comics. Hey, what are you watching? Okay, guys, so let's see what we've been watching this past couple weeks. Uh, let's start with Nabil. What have you been watching? Well, uh, I haven't been watching too many things, but I've been trying to get ready for... Um, Jesus, you've had two weeks. Yeah, I know. It's been crazy. I know. It's okay. I'm just but, shit. you know, I've been trying to get uh, ready for the holidays. So I started with uh, Krampus. First time I've seen that. What'd you think? Uh, it's scarier than I thought it was going to be, but it was also really funny. To a point. Yeah. yeah. I, I like that one a lot. Yeah. I like uh, Adam McKay, I think his name is. The, the father over there. Is it a comedy? It is. It's like a dark comedy. Oh, okay. Because yeah. for some reason, I thought it was like a horror movie. It is It is a horror film. No, it's a horror film, oh. but the comedy is dark. Gotcha. So Krampus is about essentially the opposite tale of Santa Claus who comes down the chimney. Krampus is kind of uh, the guy who comes and gives kids punishment for uh, the things that they do uh, wrong for the holidays. <laughs> it's Adam Scott. Adam Scott. Yeah. The oh, dad. My bad. Um, I had to look it up, too. But uh, no, it was. It, I thought it was pretty good. A little holiday film. It's definitely not a kids film. So don't, don't think it's a Christmas kids film. <laughs> not a family film. No, no, no definitely okay. not a family film. Um, but if you like the, if you're in the holiday spirit and you're looking for something a little scary as well, Krampus is a good watch. I've also been catching up on Riverdale finally. So I'm halfway to season two now. Um, so that's not too Kinda? bad. It's yeah, it's it's uh, been catching up. How many seasons do they have now? They're in the second. It's season. on season two. They're oh, about okay. seven episodes in. Yeah. So right. I'm only halfway through that. Um, and the second season is pretty good too. They bring up a whole other mystery, and they end each episode just like they did with the first season, a little bit of cliffhanger to keep you going with the mystery. It's definitely worth a watch. If you again, if you awesome. like those, yeah, you know, I've been singing the J- praise. James has been talking about it, and I'm not giving okay, it, you know, enough it's, it's on my uh, list. praise for it. It's, 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 it's on worth my list. To watch. I'll ch- I'll give it a I'll give it a shot. Oh, All right, good. stop everything you're doing and watch <laughs> this fucking show. Yeah, it's good. Um, I've also been watching, uh, I was, I watched a couple of films in the theaters. I saw, uh, Murder on the Orient Express. Nice. That was good. Uh, I know you brought that up last week, James. And, yeah, uh, I liked it a lot. Yeah. It, it's very, uh, it, it, they do keep up the whole mystery and it, unless you've seen the original, you don't know how it's going to end. They, they kind of keep the whole thing pretty well tight as far as under wraps on who, who the killer is. But, um, it's, it's kind of just a good kind of throwback to old school filmmaking where they, you just kind of get jumped into the situation. You don't have, you don't need a backstory yeah. on all the characters. It's just what's going on right now, and you're you're just kind of in it with the detective as you go through. So the inspector. So it's 
uh, a good film to catch. If it's still out over there, I recommend you guys watching it as well. Did Did you go in blind without watching the original? Yeah, I had watched the original before, but I hadn't seen it in a long time. You know, it was about like 10, 15 years. James, did you watch the original before you saw it? Um, I saw bits and pieces of the original when I was studying film. No, and gosh. I don't think I'd ever seen... I, I knew the ending already, but I, you know... I don't think it ruins it from this one at all because they, they switch it up a little bit. They do. So if you haven't seen the original, it doesn't make it obvious to know. Like, no, I don't the think so. It's still a good, it's well acted. Yeah. It's okay. extremely well acted. Yeah. I'll give it a shot. Every, all the characters get their fair share. Um, Use on my uh, good old movie pass again. <laughs> you definitely should. Um, and I also watched uh, a couple of films that look like might be nominated for some Oscars this year um, Three Billboards in Ebbing, Missouri. Uh, or I'm sorry, Three Billboards outside of Ebbing, Missouri. Um, and also Lady Bird. Two great films. Each have their own merits. They're limited release. And actually, I, I take that back. Lady Bird and Three Billboards have now just gotten a, a wider release. But it's still yeah. in certain markets. But yeah. um, much wider than, you know, kind of those just indie art house films. If you're trying to get into some Oscar films, I, I don't want it's. I don't want to say too much about all the films because they are still relatively new. But I will say, like, Three Billboards is essentially about... Um, a mom who lost her daughter and her daughter had uh, got murdered and they're trying to get the, she's trying to get the attention of the police because the the murder hasn't been solved yet. Um, And um, she finds a way by posting something on a few billboards in Missouri, specifically three. I was about to say, uh, (laughs) how many billboards, Neville? Six. (laughs) Six of them. We can math here. And uh, it gets her attention um, and she's able to kind of bring that topic back into life. And Lady Bird is a, a coming-of-age story about a girl, senior year in high school, um, who actually lives in Sacramento, for anybody who's in California. Um, what, what? You know, represents Sacramento. Um, and it's it's kind of her growth from a senior, from the first year of school to when she finally leaves uh, and graduates uh, high school. And it's also kind of a relationship between her and her mom, as well as she's growing um, and may eventually, you know, leave the nest and become a woman. So um, both great films. I'll watch both of them with James. Yeah. Um, I would definitely say Three Billboards. Uh, it's actually really funny. It's a dark comedy. It's also super depressing. Like the context of everything, of losing someone and dealing with regret. Regret, it's like a big theme of that movie. Yeah. And um, it's not just with even the main characters. Uh, Frances McDormand plays Mildred, and that's the mom. And she has a lot of regret of things she told her daughter right before and mm-hmm. things she could have done different. And she's a very bitter person because of the outcome of all this. So it seems like, I don't know, it's one of those films where it's, it's definitely going to make you feel for the characters big time. It's a big, it's, it's, it's actually pretty well paced, though, I'd say. I liked the performance of Woody Harrelson and... Um, Sam Rockwell, they do really well, especially Sam Rockwell's character. He's a deputy that is um, a little rough around the edges, but um, he kind of grows on you. He does grow on you, which is which is surprising because he's such an asshole. But yeah. then you you realize he's doing all these things because he just wants to be accepted and thought of like the hero of like a story in a way. Like you can tell he reads comics and all this shit, and it's kind of like a foreshadowing of how childish he is and all. But yeah, I like that, that though. I like, really I like when um, when movies delve deep into characters and really makes you care about them. Like you're saying, James, I yeah. feel it makes a like, film more interesting that way and, and makes it different than 
than some of the others. Definitely. But I, I saw the trailer for it at least twice going out to the movies, and definitely seems like something I'd want to check out. So, yeah, it's uh. good. I love Lady Bird, too, by the way. Yeah, I remember you telling me about that one, and as, as soon as you said it takes place in Sacramento, I was like, oh, I want to watch yeah. it. Yeah, it, it, it's, it's good and bad that it takes place in Sacramento, according to the main character, in a way, because um, <laughs> Saoirse Ronan is uh, the character of Lady Bird, and she's, like, it's, it's a coming-of-age tale, and it's yeah. it's funny. It's also funny, too, by It the is way. funny. It's awesome because the person that directed it is uh, Greta Gerwig, who starred in 21st Century Women, who uh, me and Marco saw that. Yeah, such a great movie. Earlier, way earlier this year, back in January. Yeah. <laughs> and she's actually, like, an actress in that one, so it's crazy because she's, like, our age, and she went off and made a movie, and it's really well done. It's a coming of age, and I think the benef- the nice thing about that film is that Lady Bird herself is a very selfish character she's uh doesn't understand what she has and she's ashamed of what she has but her journey throughout the film is to realize like you gotta you do eventually cherish what you have and yeah i'll just i'll just add that um i don't know bill you were saying that these are runner-ups for uh the oscars and i'll tell you right now if you get if you get a chance definitely try to watch a lot of these uh oscar type movies i know at the beginning of the year I went on a little adventure with James, and we were watching. I, I watched as many as I could with him, and it it's a fun experience. Like, you get introduced to a broad range of films, um, movies that you probably regularly wouldn't see that are probably outside of your comfort zone. So, I give say it a shot. watch them if you can now, because they get harder to find. Yeah, too much especially uh, getting closer to the season, and not to mention, you know, a lot of people. I mean, even I'm guilty of it. Say that there's not a lot of original. Uh, scripts out there are a lot of original movies that's because a lot of them are held to about this time of the year and a lot of people don't go and actually watch them until they may or may not get nominated and it gets released later in the year Um, so you get all these big blockbusters and then in november december january you get all these um, oscar nominated films that are really really good really original worth watching and and spending the money for i'd say that they're a little more quiet but yeah you know check them out yeah anything else you watch though no that's uh that's that's about a couple weeks Pretty short there, but yeah. okay. <laughs> Hopefully, you have more to contribute to the class next week. Right. Uh, yeah. uh, what about you, James? What have you been watching? Man, I watched a shit ton of stuff. <laughs> I feel you on that. He's doing his extra credit. <laughs> um, well, first, I'm gonna be He's brief. kissing up to the teacher. Yeah, I'm gonna be brief because, goddamn, every time <laughs> I, I say I watch a lot, they go on for like 27 minutes, and then people give me feedback like, "Hey, yeah, you watched a lot of shit." I'm like, "Yep." Um, so first off, I watched the CW crossover event, the crisis on earth X, uh, which combined, it was Supergirl, Arrow, the flash and legends of tomorrow. Um, just a small little thing is I, I thought it was awesome. (laughs) Just, just a little small thing. It's pretty good, man. Like it's getting a lot of acclaim. Is it better than the last crossover? I thought you were going to be like, is it better than justice league? According, yeah. to, according to IGN and James, yes. Yeah, it was better than Justice League. Wow. And you know what blows my mind? Some of the CG was better than Justice League. Because, <laughs> wow. they, dude, they used the CG from, like, Legends of Tomorrow. So there's a shot in there that I was like, damn, this looks like a movie. So they used their budget wisely. They definitely yeah. used yeah. the budget wisely. And, yes, way better than the Invasion crossover from last year. Because that was a bit lackluster. Well, because it was only really three episodes, too. Yeah. This one was way better. There's a There's a payoff to it all. And things that are going to affect all four shows going forward, too. Oh, good. Oh, that's um, awesome. I won't say any more, but just check it out. I, I really enjoyed it. I saw Valerian and the City of a Thousand Planets. Uh, visually speak, it's a, a Luc Besson film. Besson. Uh, Besson. Yeah. Uh, you know, he's known for Fifth Element, uh, Leon the Professional. 
Great movies. Uh, Lucy randomly. Um, yeah, it wasn't that good. It <laughs> is visually visually really beautiful, but I think it's miscast. Uh, Dane DeHaan is uh, Valerian. A uh, he's part of like a special force group that is like almost like an intergalactic police. And uh, man, he does not seem to fit the role at all. Oh that doesn't wow! Surprise me. That's a pr- yeah. He's I, also I supposed to be kind of older, I think, yeah. but he looks really fucking young. I have to tell you, those that trailer um, kind of showed it because both, unfortunately, they're they're both great actors. Um, Kara Devline, Devline is um, Sergeant Loreline, and they um, they're also very awkward actors. Like when you see the films, the roles they play, they're not ones that are like really. They're not leading characters a lot of the time. They're not ones that kind of hold hold strength in a in a film and like are very outgoing and and you know so more like supporting characters. charismatic yeah they're more like supporting I, on the side and yeah. putting them both together like that I don't know if that really builds on their strengths as actors yeah some of the dialogue is just cringeworthy too yeah. I was like Ugh. that's what that's what I've heard across the board is that the, it looks the, good though that the two leads aren't that strong that the only saving grace of the film is is the visual effects it's the visuals man it's it's a cool concept too. Um, so, you know, at most I'd say probably rent it if you're really interested. Uh, I also saw The Mummy just oh, because I had geez. to fucking see I it. Oh, I, no, no, I've been telling you, I, I told him to Bill when he told Have us. Have we mentioned like, that James likes to go down rabbit holes? You think that's bad? <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, we saw, I saw The Mummy and it's fucking bad. Yeah. <laughs> and again, fuck. I want to point out, and you can, since you've seen it now, you can tell me if I'm wrong, but Tom Cruise is one of the weakest part of that film. Yeah. You know who the strongest person is in that film? His friend that gets killed in the first 10 yeah. minutes. Oh, spoiler, by the way. But yeah, 10 minutes in, it. it's, you know. Yeah, he's and you know what? I, I, it has, it had potential, truthfully. Like, there's parts of it where I was like, oh, this is actually okay. Yeah. And, like, I actually like the whole, like, Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde thing with Russell Crowe. I thought that was actually kind of cool. It was kind of creepy. It was the only creepy thing in the movie. That was a creepy thing, and that was a, that that took a big chunk of the film too, for yes. once. Because usually that's usually a, that kind of section is a throwaway to like, here's a setup for the next movie, by the way, to be continued, kind and, of thing. Yeah, or or the spot where like, here's a treasure map, we're gonna find this shit. Yeah. Nope, it's like here's a chunk of the movie, mm-hmm. and it leads to the end, which is super anticlimactic. Yeah. Oh, yeah. that's horrible. Yeah, so that one, I'm gonna say, uh, probably don't watch. <laughs> really don't watch. Don't, don't watch at, on top of it, the the. The whole dark universe might be done anyways. Um, then I watched another chick flick. I watched uh, Rough Night. Oh, how was that? Ooh. Um, it was okay, actually. Truthfully, it, it's super predictable. It's a uh, romantic comedy starring Scarlett Johansson, where she's going out on a... It's her bachelor party weekend, and uh, her best friends from college are taking her out, and uh, they accidentally kill a stripper. So, wow it's okay. in the trailer so it's not a spoiler yeah no yeah so they're they're trying to like move the body and then it's just uh hijinks of shit happen um it's a it, it's it's decent i guess i it's i didn't think it was too funny well so this film came out the same time as that other film with jada pinkett smith uh girl strip Gross. Oh, okay and yeah it came out a little bit before that one did much better than um rough night yes it did which is well, yeah, it did. Uh, there's nothing else to say. I heard that one's good. This yeah. one is made by one of the ladies that has directed a lot of the Broad City episodes. Oh. And it's partially written by one of the chicks from that show. So it has that kind of humor. 
If that makes sense to you guys. That's weird because I, I hear that that show is actually pretty funny and good. That's what I hear. Yeah, it is. It is actually pretty. I've Sometimes seen a couple you can't episodes. translate that into, or you can't. It doesn't translate well yeah. into a hour yeah. and forty minute movie, probably. But for the lady listeners we have, maybe check it out. I didn't think it was too bad. I did laugh a couple of times. Once again, I saw it by myself, so I don't know. Maybe <laughs> oh, should have seen it with my girlfriend. I don't know. One of those or, things. Or like a group of people or something. I don't know, Marco. Uh, and then mm. my last one here, I saved the best for last. I went and saw The Room uh, on YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> I saw that shit, too. Me and Marco actually That's... dived into this, not together, oh, but film. simultaneously on the same night. Well, we should have together. And man, <laughs> I got to say, The Room, I, the more I think about it, I actually wouldn't mind seeing it again, to be honest. <laughs> dude, I caught myself YouTubing it again and watching like random ass scenes because I, dude, I did it, it all over the weekend. Hilarious. So the room is uh, <laughs> I'm gonna attempt to explain the room here. It came out in two thousand three. It's, it's kinda hard. It's directed by um, cinematic genius Tommy Wiseau. Um, he's Gen- all he's, genius is an air yeah, quotes. He's a all American man, all American guy. <laughs> yeah, he's from New Orleans. Yeah. So, you know, it's a normal place. Uh, he stars as a, uh, I, I believe, a banker named Johnny yeah. that lives in San Francisco, and um, he is in love with his fiance Lisa. Well, that's great. Played by Juliet Danielle. I mean, he's gonna marry her. So yeah, that's his future wife. Mm-hmm. Yeah, his future wife. And um, unfortunately, Lisa is no longer in love with Johnny, and starts to have an affair with Johnny's best friend Mark, played by Greg Sestero. Did we mention it's his best friend? It's his best friend. It's his best friend. Yeah. So, you know, there's a lot of stuff. Uh, there's an awkward little boy in there named Denny, I believe, played <laughs> by a 26-year-old man. Yeah, we don't know how old Denny is. He's anywhere between the ages of 15 and, like, 26. I don't know. And uh, <laughs> I just keep thinking about the drug bust. And uh, so Denny has a drug problem. With uh, Chris R? Yeah, Chris R, because he's gangster. Chris hyphen R. <laughs> um, yeah, the movie's fucking bizarre as fuck. Uh, the more the, I think about it, not as bizarre as the fucking the, sex scenes. The more, yeah. Oh gosh. The more I actually like the film, actually. It, Strangely enough, it, this is a definition of so bad is good. Yeah. This is it's become like a cult like fe- phenomenon, I guess, or like yeah, I mean, shitty people, movies. Just like Rocky uh, Horror Rocky Picture Horror Show, they yeah. do the same kind of thing. They do screenings of uh, the room all the time. Yeah, they yeah, do midnight they, showings. They do they th- like and at dress the end, up. At the end, they like they th- at specifically with this one, they throw spoons, plastic spoons. Yeah, because the there's fucking plastic spoons in little uh, he, picture cases. Yeah. By the, uh, <laughs> that's his art. It's his art, man. And they play football a lot. Yeah. Well, I mean, uh, loosely. Yeah. Football. I mean, it's more like throwing the ball <laughs> that happens to be a football. It's, it's definitely a ball of shit of a movie, but for some reason, you're you're just enjoying yourself laughing at everything especially if you know that this was supposed to be like a serious film and it's now been retconned as a like dark comedy because of all the reactions he always intended bro that's what he yeah. said that's, that's what, what it always said. was but um so then on top of that i watched the disaster artist directed by james franco based on the room and it's well that movie's good actually so james franco stars as tommy and then dave franco his brother in real life Stars is Greg, and basically it's the story of them creating the room, and it's uh it's fucking crazy. <laughs> it, it's it's scary to see James Franco as Tommy uh, Wiseau, Wiseau, however Wiseau? you say his name, Wiseau, um, because he he yeah, he's he's he Tommy it. to a T. Really, I wouldn't be yeah, shocked if he's that nominated was no pun for an intended. Oscar for this one. 
dude, it's like you're actually watching him on screen. And like down to his mannerisms, the stupid laugh, uh, it's it's crazy. I was like, in a good theater too. The theater I was in, people were clapping and laughing and going along with it. Yeah, like I, I think it was a I think it was a theater full of people that had have seen the room. The room yeah. Because it, it was limited release this week. It comes out everywhere this Friday. Yeah, it was hilarious too. But it's not it's not a film that is making fun of him though, which I enjoyed because it seemed like the guy is genuinely a decent guy. It's just that he had a dream to do something that didn't quite translate too well. He probably should have had someone check that script. Yeah. But the and thing like, is, like, it's, it it's, it's a man, like... It's a guy that's faced rejection like time and time again and people telling him no, no, no. And he finally like just says, you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to do it on my own if He's no one is going to help me. technically living the American dream. Yeah, essentially. And you With get, his you get mysterious him. amount of money he somehow accrued. <laughs> yeah. He's a Don't ask him where he got his money. His jeans. Yeah. But you, you get you, you get more of a backstory for the movie The Room and you and you see that it, it the, like the movie itself is basically like a story of him and what he like goes through it's a shitty version of Would you story. say that you would seeing The Room beforehand helped out? I would I would say yes. I, I think it definitely helps the experience. It's not necessary. You can probably read up on it and just read on key scenes uh, from the movie. I think it was a better payoff cuz I I, I s- do too. I saw it. I understood it. I saw it with someone who hadn't seen it though, and she was totally lost on what was going on. So, <laughs> same. Uh, it, like, I mean, the movie like itself, people clapped when Tommy like uh, yeah. says ha ha ha. Yeah, and then <laughs> you know, certain people were like, "Huh? Why is that funny?" I'm like, you "Nice get story, it. Mark." <laughs> He's like, "That's not a story to laugh at." Yeah, but yeah, overall, I highly recommend checking that one out. I, I do too. And again, if you're gonna watch the room, uh, don't watch it alone, and definitely YouTube it. Don't don't rent the movie. Like you don't really well, need to. If you're gonna keep watching it, I don't know. Maybe uh, it's not necessary. It it depends. As Bill hides his copy, he's like, yeah, yeah. Well, who would buy that? <laughs> I don't own it. Uh, what about you, Marco? What have you been watching? Uh, well, I've been watching quite a few things also. Um, sort of played catch up here. Uh, but I checked out uh, the movie Chronicle. I I know it's oh wow yeah that's a good movie though it, it is yeah definitely low budget and unfortunately that director's apparently a piece of shit though so well, he got too famous too fast yeah he's a young he's a young guy that's why yeah. too he was gonna make the Boba Fett film well he did make that Fantastic Four film that's Josh Trank, the, right? the Fantastic yeah. Flop. Yeah. 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 Sorry. We um, took away well, from well, Chronicle. Uh, if you haven't seen it, like me, uh, it's a 2012 sci-fi movie. Um, it stars uh, uh, Dane DeHaan also from Valeri. That's <laughs> see, but dude, he fits this role better, yeah. right? Yeah. He's also uh, in Amazing Spider-Man too. Yes, he's Green Goblin. He's Ozzy Osbourne. He's Green Goblin. Ozzy Osbourne. Ozzy Osbourne. He bit bit off the head of a bat, and then he just fucking (laughs) flew off. It was weird. basically. Uh, uh, Also stars Alex Russell, who is from Unbroken. And uh, surprisingly enough, he was in Only the Brave. Yeah. He played Andrew Ashcroft in that movie. Oh, wow. Yeah. Didn't realize that. I didn't didn't recognize him uh, in this movie either. And he's super young in this one, though. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they're all high school. They're actually their age, I think. Yeah. I think I think so. They're probably a little bit older, but it also stars uh, Michael B. Jordan uh, from Creed. Uh, he was also in the movie Fruitvale, and he's going to be in the upcoming Black Panther movie. 
Uh, definitely well. of the three, my he's by far my favorite. You can totally see the talent when he's on screen. He's right, he's yeah. a phenomenal actor. I, I like his work. Uh, but basically, the story goes about three high school friends who gain superpowers after exploring a cave and coming in contact with a strange artifact. Their new powers soon cause problems and eventually leads to conflicts. Uh, I liked it overall, to be honest. That was really it's, good. Yeah. I remember yeah. really liking that film. Um, a lot of um, cool little homages to like other films too. Yeah, it, it definitely uses the shaky cam too from uh, to make it look like homemade footage, yeah. a la Cloverfield and Blair Witch. So you get kind of this pseudo documentary type feel to it, which is pretty cool. Or found footage. Yeah, and then, like near the end too with Dane DeHaan's character, and it's almost like Akira. So yeah, like, it's absolutely. Like, it's like super on the nose. I thought, yeah, I thought the same. Um, yeah. Just the, the fact that the main character uh, played by Dahan, uh, he's like sort of like a loser type character. Like everyone makes fun of him. He's ostracized in high school. And then when he gains these powers, he starts to feel like above everybody else. And I like that his his whole arc starting like, you know, going towards like a darker side of himself and then eventually it being his uh, spoilers his demise yeah um i like that too um i felt that the, the special effects were really good the performances were great um i i recommend it if you're into sci-fi thrillers uh check this movie out uh, i saw it on xfinity on demand i don't know if it's still going to be on there next month but um i'd say rent it if you can I, i'd say it's definitely worth your time if you're into these types of movies started watching and finished uh the new show or miniseries godless which is... Uh, oh, you tell oh, me about that. How was that? Yeah. Um, really good. Uh, I know we're talking about uh, Westerns and uh, un- The Unforgiven being probably like one of the last greatest Westerns next to Tombstone. But... <laughs> I mean, Tombstone, Tombstone is good. good. Tombstone is pretty but good. But there's no Unforgiven. Yeah. No, Unforgiven is great. Again, it's a masterpiece. But I'd say Godless, if you're into Westerns, check this shit out. Really good. Really? Um, yeah. Uh, it's a... Again, 2017 Western, and it's a miniseries. It's only seven episodes long. So, um, on Netflix, right? Yeah, yeah. It's streaming on Netflix. Uh, so it wouldn't take that long to to finish it or marathon it. But each each episode is like an hour and ten minutes long. So they're um, they're pretty lenient with their time frames. Uh, but it, it really quick. It's it starts uh, stars Jack O'Connell, who was also in the movie Unbroken. This is my first time ever seeing him on screen, though. So I. I I don't know what Where else. Where are all these people from yeah. coming from? <laughs> uh, it starts out of hiding to be in the show. <laughs> no, Bill, you might know this person. Uh, Michelle Dockery, she's from oh, Downtown yeah. Abbey. Downtown Abbey. Yeah, Mary. she plays Lady Mary Crawley. Mm-hmm. Uh, Scoot McNary uh, is from, uh, well, he's Batman v Superman, but he's also from uh, Monsters. Monsters. Um, there's also a TV show off the tip of my tongue. but I, can't, I like that I can't guy. I think he's underrated. He's very good in this. I really like him in this. Um, halt and catch fire. I think he's also in that show too. Never seen it. I haven't seen it either, but I just, it's, my brother told me that he's on that show. I was like, all right, cool. Uh, Mer- uh, also Merritt Weber. She's from, um, the walking dead. She played, uh, just another face to me, bro. <laughs> you know, she's <laughs> all right. for, if you, if you don't want the spoiler, skip ahead five seconds. She's the doctor that gets shot in the eye. 
There was a lot of by Dwight. Dwight kills her basically. Sorry if I'm spoiling anything. Whatever. Oh, it was the chick's girlfriend. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yes, yes, I forget yes. her. I, I forgot still, her name. Truthfully, stop watching. Still can't. I still don't know what she looks like, but I know of the character. She's got blonde hair. Right? Yeah, I, it doesn't I, matter. Yeah, look her up. IMDb or you'll know who she is. She was great in this also. She's yeah. awesome in this. I liked her in this better than in The Walking Dead. Uh, Thomas Brody Sangster, who's best known as Jojen Reed in Game of Thrones. He's also in some other stuff. I guess he was in The Maze Runner. And, uh, of course, last and not least, stars Jeff Daniels. And he is also really great on this. Dumb and Dumber, right? Yep, Dumb and Dumber. That's the only film I know him from. Yeah, that's the only one that matters. Speed? (laughs) Gettysburg? He's in Speed. Those Those aren't films. Just dumb and dumber. <laughs> he's, he's, he's Gettysburg and Gods and Generals. Yeah. <laughs> said Bayonets boys. Remember? Yeah, I remember that scene. In a nutshell, uh, the show's about uh, Frank Griffin, played by Jeff Daniels, and his gang and his gang terrorizes a town in the West during the 1880s while hunting down Roy Good, played by O'Connell, his partner turned enemy. Roy hides out at a ranch as Frank's. Uh, as Frank chases him down, and uh, he ends up in this town called La Belle New- in New Mexico. And uh, the town is basically made up of uh, women after a tragic accident. But overall, it's a great Western. I enjoyed it. Uh, the, the plot is not 100% perfect, uh, but the characters, the performances, uh, the cinematography is great. I think James. I think you'd like some of the long shots in in this show. It's just it's yeah. I, add, I added it to my uh, my queue just to the among mile. the other stuff that's probably in there. <laughs> yeah. Shut up, Bill. But if you again, I'll if watch you're... Voltron eventually. Okay? <laughs> Shit. Uh, again, if you're a huge fan of westerns, uh, check this out. Yeah. I've heard no. uh, I've heard a couple people tell me it's really good. So and uh, there's not a lot of westerns. Yeah, no, not really. Truthfully. It's a dying. Uh, I mean, really is. Probably I don't know if it's dying dead. anymore, but it's not as used. Uh, not a not a common genre as much as it no. is. There's still plenty of westerns each year. They just kind of flow under the radar. Yeah, there's western style films for sure, like Hell or High Water. Yeah, that's like a modern day western. Yeah. Oh, nice. I haven't seen that, but I definitely want to. So it's, it's also on my list. But yeah, uh, check out uh, Godless again. It's streaming on Netflix. It's only seven episodes long. I definitely watch it again. If I nice. Aside uh, from that, just. Catching up on uh, Mr. Robot, uh, season three is just... Have you given up on this? I got, no, God I gotta damn it. watch it. I'm so disappointed myself. Dude, I've this, only seen the first the two season episodes. finale is this wow. week. Really? Wow. Oh, no, no, I'm sorry. Dude. There's two weeks I know, left. I gotta you watch got this two show. weeks left. I'll tell you this. There, I know a couple people that were disappointed by season two, which I don't get. I love season two. I, like but season I gotta two. tell you this. Season three is fucking great. It's, oh, yeah, season man. three is solid. This last episode, I gotta tell you, dude, it's uh, it's kind of moving. You it's watched good. it, right? Yeah. I actually used that word with him. I was like, it's very touching. Yeah, dude, it it was good. You're right. I enjoyed it, dude. I, I on demand. Do I watched it off. twice. That's how much I I enjoyed it. This this season, yeah, it's definitely great. I feel like it it goes back to the roots of season one uh, a lot, but um, the uh, the the cast of this show just does such a fucking great job love it um and of course on top of that i saw the disaster artist of course and the room uh and y'all know our opinions on that so yeah that's all i've been watching seems like everybody's way more free than i am (laughs) we're like that's what we did in the bill yeah dedication um so guys moving on here we're gonna we're gonna briefly go over this because i know we we just uh took a goddamn chunk out with what we've been watching (laughs) So, Stranger Things 2 
came out uh, a couple of days before Halloween. Uh, quick little synopsis. It's set in Hawkins in the fall of 1984. Surprise. The story continues as supernatural forces once again begin to affect the town. All right, so basically, continuation of season one. Yeah. Uh, it's about a year later, right? Yeah. Roughly, yeah. Even yeah. though it goes back in time a bit. So, okay, just a quick thing, guys. We're This is totally spoilers, too, by the way. Yeah. Going forward on this part. So if you don't want to know anything about uh, Stranger Things Season 2 and our opinion on it, because all we're doing is really giving our opinion. We're not going to talk too deep into it. You should know by now we, we, we all are on the same page about you should watch it if you haven't watched it already. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. Regardless of what we're going to say here, but if not, look at our timestamps and skip ahead to our uh, our little news section. Just to, as a heads up. Yep. Um, so right off the bat, what did you guys think of this season? I, I, I know I said this before, but I still do believe that overall, I like this season more than the first season. More? Yeah. Mm. Wow, okay. Mm. I'm not gonna, I'm not judging you. Marco, Marco. Here. Marco's judging a little bit. Just a tad. <laughs> I like, I why, like, why did you like it more? I like that they developed the characters more. Mm-hmm. Um, you definitely yeah. do. All the characters have a lot more growth. Um, True. I also like that it gets, it, the violence ramps up, it gets darker and darker every episode. Um, and definitely at the end where everybody, the characters just have, there's a lot of full circle. There's some demonic shit at the end. Yeah. It just gets really crazy at the end. And I like that a lot too. I think that just that way they told that story was, was just, it was an improvement of what they did in the first season. First season is great, but the second one, I just think overall just got better. It has its weaknesses, but I, I do think that the second season overall is just much more entertaining. Uh, what did you think, Marco? What did you, how did you think of the uh, the season overall? I'm wondering if Nabil and I were watching the same show. <laughs> <laughs> no, I uh, I liked it, but I didn't love it. Um, Just like me and Blade Runner. Yeah, it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Hey, I like Blade Runner. Hey, a lot. fucking one one of the top moves of the year, in my opinion. Anyway, uh, didn't meet my expectations, um, in my opinion, and it, I felt like it undelivered. So. You don't um, think it delivered at all? Really? Yeah, it underdelivered as a whole. Like oh, one thing, underdelivered. It, yeah. Okay, I thought you said undelivered. I was like, what? The no, fuck? It, uh, no, it underdelivered. No, I still enjoyed it. Don't get me wrong. I'd still watch it again. Um, the characters I felt were the strong point of the season, and I do agree with Nabil there that I liked how you explore more of the characters more, um, and you you definitely like uh, care for them more in this season. Not that you didn't before, but. It helps establish them more. Uh, the darkness, nah. I gotta say, the first season is way darker and a little more violent. Like it, it. The second season opens up like it's gonna go darker, but it doesn't. The overall villain, oh my god, that was such a fucking letdown. They were they were so prone to uh, to show that kind of kaiju type monster with the various legs, and then. Lo and behold, you don't even face that guy. It was just a setup for the next season, and that was the disappointing part for me. Aside from that, um, I, I liked all the other aspects of it. I felt they ramped it up a little bit more with uh, the comedic relief, which I enjoyed. But honestly, I felt like it was more lighter toned than the previous season. Um, overall, for me, I liked it a lot. I don't think it was lighter toned at all. I thought it just progressed nicely from the continuation that it was off of season one. Definitely, I don't think it was as good as season one, but I genuinely like these characters, and I, I agree with Nabil. The character development in this one it is really well done. We get more of kind of like what we kind of wanted, I guess, Yeah. in a way. Mm-hmm. So, for instance, like I think um, 
certain characters are great in this season, and but on the flip side, I still think some characters are really just kind of there. Yeah, Max and her brother didn't really. Yeah, need to Max be this and season. Billy first off have no real purpose in this show. It's kind of funny because they're the new people and. It's almost like they thought, like, hey, season two, we got to add some fucking new people. Yep. And as soon as I saw Bob, I knew he was going to die. <laughs> I didn't. I, <laughs> I, I, I like Bob, dude. Though, but when, like Bob. when you have a credit that says with Sean Astin, then you're like, okay, how long is he really going to stay? Yeah. Guest starring. Yeah. Huh? <laughs> Plus, I mean, he's a pretty popular name. Yeah. So I was like, how much more are you going to add to the payroll? Well, shit, Winona Ryder is a pretty popular name, too. Right. But think you're adding three new characters, one big name and two no names. Who do you think you can afford more? That two no names. You know, my my thing was with, with especially with Billy and Max. Like, I get, I get they were trying to put in a uh, relationship with uh, Lucas and Max. They were trying to put that in. Um, yeah, give them something else to talk about instead of having it's to hang out weird. with Dustin a lot. But um, it's a little weird. A little I, bit. I don't think I was, do like that. Lucas actually spoke this time. Yeah, yeah. See, I, I, but I felt like she wasn't necessary to develop Lucas. I felt like he could have been developed. In a well, different so way. That, that's the thing, right? So point. Billy, I think, was straight up there just antagonize uh, Steve. That I that, dude, was, that was up the until the last point. episode. Yeah, I, I still, I still was like, what the fuck yeah. is the purpose it's of this? Just guy? Like, yeah, uh, Steve, you've fallen from grace, and other people can beat you up. We've already seen this. It's you like, know, sorry, like, Steve, yeah. you're getting a little short in the stick, fucking everywhere this year. Like, right? Don't get me wrong, like I, I enjoy the scenes with Billy, but again, like, I'm with James. Like, what was the point? Yeah, yeah he was ridiculously like, good looking. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> he's, he, well, he's he's quote a pretty boy. The, so the shower scene, Jesus. the look and everything. I was like, this kid got a twelve pack. Gosh, fucking genius! He, uh, he's definitely been held back a few grades. Just telling you, dude. He had like he had like a six o'clock shadow. That I was like, is he? I couldn't tell if he was in high school early on. He was picking up his sister. I'm like, so is he in high school? Is he not? Then you see him in he's the classroom. Then he's like doing his own. Like uh, all I kept thinking was, how does his hair look so fucking good too? Every single time. Well, yeah. his father like, obviously man. doesn't appreciate how he looks. So no, no. he's got that long look. Uh, I liked the uh, interactions between Hopper and Eleven a lot too this time around. That was really I like good. that too. That was probably some of the stronger points. I yep. love the fact that Nancy and Jonathan got together because I've Finally. been rooting for Jonathan since season one. Since he's fucking weird. Yeah. Is it funny side story? They date in real life. Yeah, they do. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, and then Steve and Dustin, I thought were pretty hilarious. Yeah, I that like was that a team good up pairing. And that's you know that's one of the things I did like about the whole character thing is that they had connections for the most part that that were not what was expected, and they yeah. worked out pretty well. It works out well because it, it, the, it yeah, yeah. the odd pairings, yeah, the odd pairings, did really good. But it carries from uh, the previous season, and I do, I did enjoy that. What I didn't like was uh, Mike. Mike. Mike, yeah, had, Mike was not Mike in the first season. This Mike yeah. like, is this was the leader really of this just crew? sad. I know he misses Eleven and everything. He's but kind of a dick too. Yeah, it's just like, come on, dude. You you were like the leader of the pack. What happened here? I didn't mind him being a dick, but as as far as him like just like moping around and sort of like alienating dude. himself from his friends, I was like, dude, come on, man. He's like, this is the best time of the year, guys. Leave us alone, Max. Yeah, you're ruining it. I was, I was like, like, damn, bro, a little too, little too mopey. An I know. And then yeah. Will. Will. Am, Will I, the, am I the only fuck? one that fucking hates Will? I know, see, at no, first no, I liked Will. In the beginning <laughs> yeah. of the season, nope. he was all right. But then it just got worse. It's that haircut. Worse. No, no, it's that fucking haircut. The hair? yeah. You can tell that his mom <laughs> cuts his hair. That's a nope. thing. I, I don't had like it. My dad I don't like it. Yeah, get it, fucking rid of it. Listen. Season three, they, get a haircut. They, just, they decided that instead of giving Will six minutes, they gave him six episodes and then got rid of him. Basically. Hey, guess what? No one liked him in the first season because he's barely in it. Yeah. What if we give him like every episode? They're like, all right, let's try it out. And they're like, but whoa. It's, but it's like he's so fucking useless, man. No, but he's the he's the catalyst for everything. Exactly. Yeah, but, but uh, you know, that old. was a scary scene, by the getting way. This, this scene with the, the tentacle monster thing where he's going inside him, that was 
that freaked me out a little bit. Was that like, was the, yeah, that was pretty freaky. Yeah, but again, like I went back and saw Whoa. the first season. <laughs> <laughs> and then he was a comatose for the rest of the film. So, or the coming in the pants look when he got burned. He's like, I was like, well, I was like someone changed that someone, kid's pants. Someone experienced that a little earlier yeah. in well, life. He's twelve. Yeah. Okay. Oh yeah. I guess. But uh, I went back and saw season one after this, and like I could already like pinpoint the differences on the in the tone. So right. that's that's why I say that the first season's darker. Rewatch the first season, you'll kind of see. It's that not gonna too. happen. <laughs> it was wow. hard enough to watch I got two. I got to watch Godless now, motherfucker. We want to watch you that. You guys don't have fucking... time for that either, since you're watching way more than I am. So. Well, Nabil probably got time. <laughs> yeah, maybe I do. He's yeah. got a lot of I'll find a way to, to do shit. He, I, I don't even know. He's seen season one. He's like, I've seen most of it. Yeah. So, Wait, so what? what do you think is going to happen in season three? Then you think that she's Eleven's actually? Well, gonna go what ahead do you? And fight okay. The, the question is, what do you guys want from season three? Then I want something huge to happen. Something big and it climactic. Looks to like something big's going to happen. I would hope so. Because. That that was the one thing that was lacking. Like the the end, like even the end fight was just sort of like subpar. I was like, mm. like really? the, her fight with the monster and the first was one emotional. was way better. And then Hopper in the yeah, back, yeah, I just like, like that shotgunning everybody and just yeah, I actually liked the. Last I thought part. that was a great fight. She's too. basically fighting a hole in the wall. She's literally got. She's if you're really gonna think about it, it she has her hand out and she just it's kind of just doing the whole. I'm doing mind tricks with you, Professor X thing, but with her hand, you know, like. Come on, she's not she's really reaching go, go back. She's All right, just yeah, you, just she's... YouTube her fight with the monster in season one, and you'll see. Just you, just YouTube it, and you'll see. Hopper do, doing the shotgun thing, like, and then switching or switching from his AR to the freaking shotgun was pretty cool, though. Him like just blasting those things. Also, like, where did they all come from? Little plot hole there. Just saying. Uh, guys, episode seven. By the way, I'm gonna mention it. Yeah, it I like terrible. seven. I knew you were gonna say <laughs> that. It's I, fucking. I thought it was terrible. good growth for eleven. That showed the other uh, other kids that were taken. I was like, oh, they let the kids write this episode. That's nice. <laughs> it showed growth in her character, showing that she doesn't Holy have to murder shit. people, do bad things with her power. She's a good person. Uh, Couldn't that have been done necessary. in 10 minutes? Yeah, and it revealed necessary. that what's his name? The doctor is still, uh, her papa is still alive. He didn't really die because we didn't Maybe. technically see him die. We did see something jump on him. But Okay, question Maybe. though is... Why take away from a cliffhanger ending from the previous episode and go to a completely different fucking story? It almost diverts so much that it takes away yep. from... I just was like, man, can we get back to what the fuck's happening back at the pit? Like, I don't give a fuck what's going on with Eleven. Yeah. Like, okay. Well, it, it, wasn't, much, it wasn't much that. It's just it wasn't that necessary. It didn't really do much. Like you said, they could have they could have had her sort of... like. Improve they could have done this differently. Like, like three episodes earlier yep. it would have made more sense to me not when you're in the fucking climax of the fucking series i, I agree with like, that i don't think it should have been placed where it was because it was like two episodes into the penultimate episode yeah and, and her learning that there are other people like her so like what's the point are they all going to come back and help you fight this monster because that would be cool but maybe oh, that I didn't happen so. that maybe. might be the case it, well, it it's definitely set up season. for the next season like everything in that episode was set up for another season i'm looking forward to season three all yeah. jokes aside same um just keep going with the people, the characters. I, I really liked um, the subtle jokes and the comedic relief mixed in with horror aspects and action. I thought it was really good. Did, did you? Re- I didn't think so, but did you think that um, there was there was too many 80s references? No. I felt there were you more in your it face. Took away? No. I, was, I don't think it face. took away from it. I was okay with it. I felt it was more in your face. Really? I liked it, but I felt it was like more in your face. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So we're looking forward to it. Uh, now we're going to go on to some news. What's 
in the news. All right, in the news, it seems that uh, director Brian Singer was recently fired from Bohemian Rhapsody, the upcoming biopic film based on the life of rock singer Freddie Mercury, for his unprofessionalism. Uh, some reports say that he got into a huge argument with the main star, Rami Malek, which led to his dismissal. And other reports say that he was habitually late to rehearsals, making it hard to work with Singer. Uh, apparently, studios had warned the director about such behavior and had told him that they would not tolerate it this time. And looks like they kept to their word. Um, Brian Singer created the best X-Men movies ever made, so he has the right to do that, Did guys. He? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I often come to work four to five hours late just to say, fuck it. You right? Know, and not? I like to pick fights you know, with my coworkers and get into like shouting matches because it's healthy. Uh, real talk, though. I hope um, I know they're supposed to resume production next year. Oh, and I hope, I hope they pick a good director. They said they only have a few weeks left in production, so I hope it doesn't really even take that the long. The shots they showed of it already look really good. Yeah. yeah. That's, once again, I've only seen the scenes where he's performing as uh, Freddie Mercury, but Rami Malek looks like he's nailing the part down, but... That's good to hear, because I, I always had pictures of Sasha Baron Cohen uh, of being uh, Freddie Mercury, but... I, and I haven't been able to. Really, I haven't seen any of the shots of Rami Malek, but I know he's a great actor, so I'm sure he can nail that. Yeah. yeah. If you've seen, they they did a couple of little behind the scenes, and it's weird because it's on Brian Singer's Instagram. So, <laughs> do I unfollow him now? Do I keep following him? Does he say something? <laughs> I, I mean, is he done in Hollywood? Maybe, maybe he just no. Want to I don't do think he's film. done. Maybe no. he's ran out of the film and just tired of the whole thing, and he's just like, I need an out. I've I've heard he's kind of a dick. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I mean, uh, at this point, where Hollywood's like not to- tolerating any shit right now, like just acting like a fucking dick just because you make like good films, fuck that. Hey, I agree. Debatable. They, sh- I think that I think Hollywood is doing good things about that. If if they're seeing stuff that can hurt their brand and they don't yeah. want to deal with it, there's a lot of up and comers that need a spotlight, you know, shine on them. So it's dude, it's the modern age. Yeah. It's technology and social media. So this isn't like the 1930s or 40s where people get away with that shit and. Or even, fuck, before the age of the internet where news like this didn't spread as fast, right. so it was more socially acceptable. Now it's out in the light, so it's like people are going to be like, dude, no, don't need to be a dick. Yeah, they're going to be like, Ron Howard, do you want to finish this up? Yeah. <laughs> Just I, was about to say, I was about to say that too. I was like, so, Rodney Howard, come on. Yeah, for your right. Co, come on. Captain Save a Film. <laughs> um, also in the news, so... Apparently, Disney still in talks to purchase the entire film division from Fox. So, 21st Century Fox, um, it seems like they kind of favor Disney um, as a buyer for the studio. I know they've been uh, they've been kind of shopping around with uh, the Comcast Core uh, Corporation. Um, but from what uh, 21st Century Fox says and the Murdoch family, who own the whole um, studio, um, they actually would prefer to sell some of the assets to Walt Disney because it's been a, it's, they think it's a better strategic fit and presents fewer regulatory hurdles. Um, so, I mean, it might actually benefit them business-wise. They yeah. were talking about it early on, and then things kind of quieted down. Nobody's officially uh, come out and commented on it, neither has Fox or Disney, but um, the rumor mill is still going on strong that this might actually happen. I heard they mostly want to do it ma- mainly because they would acquire almost all of the Marvel properties back for the most part outside of the other studios that own other parts of it. And also a new hope is tied up still with Fox, the star Wars. It is actually the only one that they still somewhat have some distribution rights over. Really? Right, Cause the deals yeah. were signed for the other two sequels by uh, Lucas directly 
after the fact. Yeah. I wouldn't mind too much if they did acquire Fox just because it would be cool to see the X-Men and mutants finally in a Marvel film and start to do that crossover. Yeah. Uh, But also, how would they handle stuff like... The Terminator? uh, like darker things, right? Yeah. Darker films, yeah. yeah. The rated R films that they have so many of. No, yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, sorry, that that threw me yeah. off. I was gonna, I was gonna stick to comic books. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> well, yeah. I was gonna say Deadpool. They get all the Avatar Deadpool. films too. Yeah, yeah. But well, I, I mean, like James Cameron cares as long as somebody feels. I think one. he already likes Disney. He yeah. opened up the Pandora ride in mm-hmm. uh, Disney World, so it probably is helping this out. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the the fact that you know they haven't really done any rated R stuff with the exception of the, the Marvel TV shows on Netflix. But that's like, well, that's TV. I heard they would possibly keep certain studios open under like an umbrella because Disney has touchstone pictures, which releases rated R films. Yeah. That's true. So they've gone pretty dark on certain things before. I'm so not they keep talking. it like a subsidiary. Rather yeah. Than maybe like even keep it as Fox or something. I like was that. almost thinking they yeah. keep that, but only grab the Marvel aspect of things. Right. And, and maybe keep sell that it off. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe that's what they're negotiating. They could sell it off later too. It's interesting. I also don't think it's too smart to have a studio this powerful at this point, though. That's yeah. That's also Disney has a lot of things under their. I I thought it was a yeah. lot with just getting Star Wars, and then they got all the Marvel. I was like, man. I mean, they're a great cus- company, but at the same time, they're just like any other corporation. And they're and just starting their streaming service yeah, soon too. They're gonna have a they're lot gonna have a lot of, of power, grip on a man. lot of a majority of the films. I think we enjoy. Yep. As you guys know, the Movie Pals podcast. Man, we fucks with uh, comic book movies. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that that's kind of like what uh, like splits me into. Also, is I would love to see some of these characters that Fox has in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. But at the same time, like you're saying, James, like how much is too much? Well, and then not to mention, too, they're trying to sell all of 20th Century Fox. So the Murdoch family might be actually selling off some of their other stuff that they have, too, such as the Fox News Network, such as the Fox Well, I heard they want to keep Fox News Network because they want to focus mainly on that. On the news. But they still have the network channel But Disney's mostly looking at just the film part of it as of right now but they, that's what i'm saying though they have that that would be a, a big reach into a lot of different medias it's not just in film because yeah. fox is a big corporation yes very much so. is it i'm just kidding yeah, quite big all right that's our news so moving on we have our topic of the week it's the topic of the week Okay, guys, our topic of the week here is brought to you by me here. I kind of liked Nabil's one last time where we went over top three superhero films. I know it seems like a cop-out to just keep listing movies that we like, but hey, here we go again. Uh, It's December. Christmas is coming up. Holiday times. Yes, Uh, it is. I wanted to ask everybody, what are kind of like your top three holiday films and like just why you like them, basically? Uh, We're going three, two, one. Uh, Let's start with Nabil. What's your number three? My number three is, I think, an all-time classic, A Charlie Brown Christmas, 1965. Um, My girlfriend would agree. Yes. I think it's a great Christmas film. This is the film that I think about when I think of Charlie Brown being introduced to the world. I mean, Charlie Brown... I think many people do. Yeah. It's been around for a while, but... Is it better than The Great Pumpkin, though? I think so. Really? I like I like that he's... so so or Bon Voyage, Charlie Brown? <laughs> Damn, it's better than deep. Bon Voyage, Charlie Brown. Okay. I like it. I uh, like it. So, so as a synopsis, if you really haven't seen this, Charlie Brown is basically a uh, Charlie Brown Christmas is basically about uh, Charlie Brown who's upset with how Christmas has uh, been materialistic, 
And people are forgetting about essentially the real re- uh, reason behind Christmas. It's a religious point of view. So um, the real meaning of Christmas, you're saying. So he's lost his Christmas spirit. Well, he thinks everyone around him has. This also has maybe one of the best soundtracks, I oh, think. Oh, and that's the biggest thing. Which is, is still is played iconic. at most Christmas parties, I'd yeah, yeah, that's the most memorable one. The Vince Definitely. Guiraldi band? Yeah. The trio? Uh, like I that? think it's Vince Guiraldi trio. Yeah, it's really uh, well done. The I mean, the music's great. The message is really good. Um, the whole how some, long is the movie? Like, it's about thirty minutes, twenty-two like, minutes. It's a short. It was movie a TV special, special right? Yeah. yeah. Um, That's and, a solid and one. I think it's a really just overall brings up the whole spirit of Christmas from from start to finish, and and it's still relevant to today as well. Nice. Uh, what about you, Marco? Uh, my number three would be. 1990s Home Alone, starring Macaulay Culkin. Oh, I like that. that is one. a great and movie. And Joe Pesci, if you will. Joe and Pesci is a great Daniel band. Daniel Stern. Yeah, Daniel Stern's in there. Does too. no <laughs> one like Daniel Stern? <laughs> no, he's yeah. okay. I love that guy as a kid. I was like, he's hilarious. As a dude. kid, yeah. Not so much now. Jo- Joe Pesci is definitely the winner of that film. Well, Joe yeah. Pesci's a, a, a Academy Award winning caliber actor. And it's so weird and random that he like did this movie, especially for the type of movies that he was known for. I was talking to this. Bill about it before, though. It shows that Joe Pesci has, even though he can play a gangster, let's face it, we know him from like Goodfellas, right. Casino. Casino, Casino, and shit like that. But he's also really funny. He is. Yeah, he has like that slaps. He has that physical uh, comedy in this film that works so well. I think he, he has a good range. He I, kind absolutely. of went too far in Lethal Weapon Four, but you know, yeah. But uh, basically, the movie is about an eight-year-old kid played by Macaulay Culkin who's accidentally left at home by his parents during the holiday season, and he is then uh, stopping or trying to stop a pair of burglars who are trying to break into his house. St- and is it the sticky his- wet bandits? I think it's yeah. just the wet bandits. The sticky wet, the two the, sec- okay. sticky wet bandits. Yeah, because they leave the water running, right? Yeah. <laughs> See, okay. See, someone tried to challenge me on the sticky wet bandits thing. They do say that in the second one, right? Yeah, he puts yeah. the yep, tape okay. on his hand. Yep, and puts right. it into the uh, the mm-hmm. money, mer. There yeah. you have it. Boom. Anyway, uh, they try to break into his house. Well, his whole neighborhood and just rob him clean. But uh, Macaulay Culkin, through ingenious amounts of traps that he sets in his house is able to hold them at bay and like the whole movies at the time was pretty hilarious actually i'm not it's, gonna lie it's I, still I, hilarious. I, it's yeah so i still laugh at that shit today but the premise itself pretty dark if you read it on paper i mean <laughs> yeah kids left alone did you see mythbusters did an episode on this and it proved that like, these guys would have been dead like Two oh, traps in or yeah, something. yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, broken bones like concussions to the max <laughs> like, stepping on glass dude he steps on the nail, remember? Yeah. Oh, was, yeah. As a kid, I used to hate... It's when... Uh, what's his face? It's Marv is walking up because the his socks are coming off because he puts tar. Mm-hmm. And then the fucking nail is up and he just puts his feet like slowly on it. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. This this kid like sets traps that would have like stopped Predator back in the day. <laughs> so, I mean... He he does a lot of guerrilla tactics here. I don't know. It's weird because none of his family uh, have any military history, so I don't know where he. They also don't shit. care about him. Yeah, yeah. apparently <laughs> yeah, they don't care. Uh, I remember but, as a kid, I was like, "These are like the worst fucking parents." Mm-hmm. Yeah. How do you fucking forget your kid like that on a plane? You have to check everybody in. Oh, because just I, if I remember correctly, there's just a kid like right before him that's almost in the same. Yeah, and that's kind of the what neighbor kid clothing yeah. comes up, and then they do a head count. Yeah. And they think everyone's there, and then they drive off, and because of the hecticness of the airport, they lose track of them no while uh, yeah. they run literally to the uh, 
to the what's it called the boarding area. Yeah. So yeah, Good but uh, over yeah overall really funny movie. I I recommend it. I think I think it's uh, a nice family film. Funny. Okay, nice. Yeah, I like that one a lot. A little fun fact: it's Chris Columbus directed that one. Went on to do the first two Harry Potter movies. Oh wow! Yeah, and those are good Christmas that. films. So they are actually. Mm-hmm. I actually incorporate a lot of Harry Potter films with Christmas. Yeah. I'm like, oh, they always do a Christmas part. Um, I love a Christmas story, which came out in 1983. Nice, That's a classic. directed by Bob Clark, who strangely enough did the one of the first slasher films, Black Christmas, in 1974. Oh wow! And then uh, Porky's. In 1981? <laughs> he did Porky's? He did Porky's, yeah. Oh, shit. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway, it is really about a kid named Ralphie, played by Peter Billingsley, that just wants a Red Ryder uh, rifle. But what happens if he gets That's... a rifle? Gets shot in the eye. Yep. Possibly. Shot in the eye. Uh, it kid. takes place, I think, in like the 60s or even 50s, maybe? I think, maybe? It might be 50s. I think it's, Yeah, late 50s. Yeah, and it's just kind of like the week leading up to Christmas and... Mm-hmm. Like the misadventures he has as a kid, um, it's a really heartwarming, well done film. Uh, TNT plays this, or what is the it? The whole day for fucking twenty four hours. Yeah. So you can catch this every year, every yeah. year. But I own this one, and uh, it's a. Gr- this is probably the most Christmassy out of everything on my list that I ever. But I like it a lot. It's it's really well done. I, I agree. It's such a classic movie, and it's it's just perfect for the holiday season. Uh, if if y'all listen to the previous episode or the previous two, I I definitely even start watching it even like during Thanksgiving. <laughs> I know. Now Bill thinks that uh, that's a cardinal sin, yeah. but uh, I disagree. But I will tell you for that movie, my favorite scene, and it's the first time I actually thought about doing this, was the uh, light po- lamp post scene where the tongue <laughs> just, just tongue on it, <laughs> and then you see him pulling it off, which is even more. <laughs> I used to cringe at that scene. I was like, oh, no. I was like, who did it better, this or Dumb and Dumber? (laughs) All right, Nabil. Actually, (laughs) number two. What's what's your number two uh, on the list? Uh, Jingle All the Way uh, with Arnold Schwarzenegger, 1996 film. About a dad who um, promises his son that he's going to get him this toy, Turbo Man. Turbo Man, yeah. Uh, Unfortunately, it's the hottest toy of the season, and it's like three days before Christmas. Isn't Sinbad the other dad? Sinbad is the other dad. (laughs) And he's also (laughs) the mailman, right? He's the mailman as well. And then Phil Hartman is the creepy neighbor. Which he's great in this film. He's hilarious. He does such a good job as being the nice neighbor, but also he's trying to get him... Bed with uh, and then, Anna Torch and his wife. If I didn't know who, any better, a kid? young Jake Lloyd, <laughs> Anakin Skywalker yeah, himself. It is. Yeah, he, I'm this a is person, last movie and my name did. is Anakin. Mm-hmm. This is the last movie he did before he went off to film Star Wars. Yeah, yeah. great film. It's I, I don't know if. People may or may not be fans of Arnold Schwarzenegger's work, but this he's is hilarious. This, this is just that. funny in general. Like he's just really good. The, Sinbad does a great job in this film. Yeah. Um, and everything that just happens obviously is super career. unrealistic. Right, his career, but <laughs> but at the same time, like the hijinks over there, you just can't help but laugh at everything because it's just so silly, and it knows it's being silly the whole time. Nice, worth watch. Yep, I enjoyed it. Yeah, that's a good movie. Uh, Marco, what's your number two? Uh, well, we already went over my number two. It's a Christmas story. Again, uh, as James said, it's definitely very appropriate for the holiday seasons, for Christmas. Um, I I highly recommend it. The bunny suit. Bunny suit's good. The bunny suit. The brother with the star coat. (laughs) (laughs) It's It's just just always little things. And it's like, 
The movie just it's yeah. really, there's a lot it's of really and, uh, let's not forget the bully. That that guy is pretty funny too. Yeah, I mean, I know like you know he's like teasing the kid, but I mean he ends up paying for it in the yeah. end with the lampshade with <laughs> the yeah. leg. Yeah, the leg. <laughs> the dad acts like it's a huge deal. And of so, course, yeah, everybody's this. tradition. Chinese food on Christmas Day. Always. The last scene where they're singing in a Merry Christmas. Yeah. yeah. It's kind of racist, but also hilarious. Yeah. yeah. Funny. Merry Christmas. But uh even like his like uh his daydreams as well. The main the main kid, yeah. Ralph, when he's like imagining all the scenarios that are happening, <laughs> they're pretty freaking funny. So my number two is actually Home Alone. So uh me and Margaret do a swap. <laughs> Look at that! I really like that movie, man. It's just like I said, it's a uh, it's a really good blend. That's when Macaulay Culkin was the kind of the shit for a while. That was the, that was the one that made him the shit. Yeah, every kid wanted to be Macaulay Culkin after that. And now no one wants. How to be many Macaulay of Culkin. you guys tried to shave your face and use after shit? Oh, dude, me oh, too. Yeah, yeah. I think every this, kid the, did the screaming thing. Yeah. I think everyone uh, tried the shit. Yeah. And guess what? It doesn't hurt them. No, it doesn't. I was well, like, screaming. It kind of hurts a little bit if you shave now as an adult. Um, a little bit. Maybe that's just me. Maybe if you cut yourself, I don't think you're yeah, using the right aftershave, bro, yeah. or the right razors. I don't know. I'm yeah. cheap. He's looking down like I'm bleeding a lot. Dollar Shave Club, man. Come on. Brought to you by. <laughs> yeah. Please sponsor. Not, not, not uh, one yeah. of our sponsors, but it wouldn't mind anyway. Yeah. Once again, we are open to anyone. <laughs> yes. All right, uh, Nabil. What's your number one? My my favorite one, which I think is just funny every year. Um, every time I see it, is Elf. Does it has Vito Morgensen? In it? <laughs> it doesn't. It does not have Vigo Mortensen in it. It has James Con in it. <laughs> oh yeah. Is James Con Santa? No, he's a dad. His real dad? Yeah. Oh yeah, because that's why he's big. Okay, he's sorry. a businessman, and okay. it has Peter Dinklage in it as well. What? Oh, the... He's the businessman. That makes sense. That uh, Will Ferrell makes fun of because he thinks he's an elf. Oh dang! <laughs> I wonder if that would even fly with like today's stuff. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like, you know what? That movie's like PG, right? It is. It's just a child. Well, he says it in a very. He just thinks he's an elf because he's small. But Peter Dinklage is not having it. He puts him in his place <laughs> yeah. really quick. I would I, not I be only shocked. seen that movie once. It was one I've actually only seen it once too. Really? Yeah. Yeah. You guys have to watch it. I have it. You should watch it. Then <laughs> it is I don't, great. I don't know. My favorite. One of my Maybe. favorite parts of the film is where um, he's uh, he's just in the uh, the the Macy store, the department store, and they're saying that Santa's coming out, and he just screams out, "Santa! It's Santa! You're not Santa." Um, I remember it got super overhyped for me. When it came out when I was in high school, yeah, that's why. Same. And I remember people were talking about it like crazy. But when I watched it, I was to the point where it was like Will Ferrell overdoing it too much for me. Actually, you know what's funny? He he, fam- well, I don't know if it's famous, but he actually was offered about I think it was like uh, twenty million dollars to do a sequel. Oh wow! And he thought that the film was so good, he didn't want to ruin that character and boister it up with overacting with or something. Okay. And he declined to do the uh, do a sequel to it because he thought the movie okay. was just right. Okay, okay. So you I know, don't one think of he his deserved uh, a sequel. Artistic, so. uh, artistic integrity for him for the first time he's yeah. done in a while. You know. So. Wow, good job. Mm-hmm. Great and film. And Marco, what's your number one? Uh, my number one is quite the classic. It is Die Hard from 1988. Uh, movie stars Bruce Willis as Officer John McClane, who is a NYPD detective, I believe. Yes. Yeah. Uh, wow, you think I would know that by now? <laughs> I just know he's a cop. Sure this is your one. number one? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> who uh, comes to L.A. to visit his wife, who he's uh, sort of separated from at this time. And uh, she works for the fictitious Nagatomi Tower, 
that then gets overtaken by terrorists led by Hans Gruber, played by the late Alan Rickman. And McLean holds them off, his entire group, using just a handgun and office supplies. Essentially, well, he steals a machine gun. Yeah, I was like, I, was like, got a, I a have a machine rifle. gun now. Yeah. Yeah. Ho ho ho! Well, he runs out of ammo. He also has no shoes on. Yeah, he has no shoes, <laughs> and it has one of the most famous lines in the movie: "Yippee ki motherfucker!" But uh, I, a lot of people forget that this movie takes place during Christmas, and it is technically a holiday film, even though it's an action-packed movie. But uh, it's it's just a lot of fun. Um, I, I like the Die Hard movies. It, well, maybe not the last two, but. The first three, definitely. The fourth one, probably. But um, I just think that... It's Holy shit, at- is there five of them? There's five. Yeah. Oh, my God. The fifth one was so A bad. good day to die hard. The fourth one wasn't bad. The fifth one, though? That was bad. Whoa. Oh, yeah. You know what's, get worse. You know what's good about Die Hard, and the good thing about watching it over and over again, is that the scenes that they have over there, things that they do are so subtle, and it makes a big epic in the film. Yep. Like the no-shoes thing. Him wearing a tank top, him being stuck in the vents. Mm-hmm. Um, essentially, the whole point of the the thief uh, the thieves are because they're just stealing money. Uh-huh. You know, they're, just, it's they're like, German. Okay, they're German. <laughs> <laughs> very small things, but it really just like puts that film um, and makes it just that more entertaining. You know, uh, I didn't notice that. Uh, Alan Rickman was supposed to have a German accent the first few times I saw this movie. <laughs> I just heard a British accent. And I was like, so the it's way pretty the bad. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's not the best. It's, it's not, a little mixed. His brother or whatever the third just one has a much more. Yeah. Yeah. He has a much more like, oh, okay. This is is a, I, I just I forgot he was German in the third film. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which is the first the first one in the series that doesn't take place during the holidays. The first two take place during Christmas. Yeah. Nope. And then the but uh, and then every, the last <laughs> three didn't. So. Actually, more that don't yeah. take during the holidays it's, if you think about it. It's definitely not a family film. There's a lot of violence. Obviously, it's rated R. Why uh, did I see it when I was nine? I was <laughs> like, so did I. But I mean, uh, it's, it's good for you know adult parties. Played in the background. I think it's. I think it's a great movie. I like it. Yeah, I mean, if, if you're you 13, want to, see, you can watch it. I don't see. It. I if mean, you want to see a German man strung up and thrown out through a window and breaking through the underwood in slow motion while dying. You know, in slow motion. <laughs> You saw yeah. the shock in his face. Yeah. It was like, hey, this is how you break a window. Yeah. yeah. Uh, my number one is Gremlins, the 1984 film. Awesome. Directed by Joe Dante, who didn't do much, actually. He did Small Soldiers in 98. That's I like Small it. Soldiers. So did I. I think we all did, actually. Yeah. I'm all saying it like I'm not a fan. <laughs> I like that shit. Um, basically, this kid gets a... Uh, his dad is a traveling salesman, and he gets a little creature from him. That he nicknames Gizmo and from a Chinaman. Am I allowed to say that? Yeah. I mean, he's it's from China, China and he's a man. It's a Chinaman. Yeah. Oriental man? No, don't Am say that. Whoa, no, don't oh, say that. No. Uh, anyways, the guy tells him a couple rules not to feed this thing past midnight and not to get it wet. And of course, it's uh, a Mogwai, right? Try telling a kid. Mogwai. Mogwai. Yes. Mogwai. Love saying that. Because child's yeah. follow instructions. So uh, Billy, on the other hand, who's not really a kid, by the way, he works at a bank. Does he? Oh, I forgot all that Do part. You, yeah. Yeah. I recently saw it. I, I saw it like last Christmas. I watch it every Christmas almost. Uh, no, he's an adult. Yep. Like, he's me living with his fucking parents. <laughs> <laughs> and this little fucker can't even... I, I was like, this is why you're living with your parents, man. You can't fucking follow rules. So, of course, Gizmo gets wet. He eats after 12. These fucking creatures called gremlins come out. It's kind of a horror film. And you know what? Truthfully, it is kind of creepy. Yeah. Yeah. I, it's PG, and I watched it with my niece last year. And even I was like, this is a little creepier than I th- remember. 
Yeah, if nowadays it'd definitely be PG thirteen. Oh, it's, oh it's, yeah. Yeah, it was on the, the cusp of one of those like PG thirteen wasn't out yet. Eighty four, I'm pretty sure. No, so, it wasn't until um, Indiana Jones. Indiana Jones, right? Yeah, Temple of Doom. Temple of Doom. Right. First so PG that was afterwards. Movie. So see, you learn on the movie pals. Yeah, look at that. <laughs> Impress your friends at your next <laughs> holiday party. Um, solid film. Lots of adventure. Produced by Steven Spielberg. Um, great film. Yeah, I agree. It's classic. Uh, so many memorable scenes there. And man, just I get Gizmo's just freaking adorable. Gizmo, Gizmo is on. adorable. He's, he's I don't care how tough you are. He's the first um any cute cuddly bear ever. He's almost like an Ewok. Yeah, essentially. But, yeah. But the it's I wouldn't even say I don't think it's for little kids because I think my little little niece would probably be scared. I saw it when I was a kid. But there's a scene where yeah. they bring one of the creatures to like their science teacher, and he gets murdered yeah. by it. Yeah. So like you know, <laughs> it's pretty vicious. Eight, yeah. nine. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, well, then, then when they, um, when more of them sprout, if you will, like they go on a huge murder spree. Oh, the they town, go through the dude. town like rampaging. Yeah. yeah. They kill it, animals and everything, dude. Yeah. It's, like, Ooh. it's pretty nuts. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's a great you sure holiday, holiday film. film. <laughs> it takes place during Christmas. But yeah, those are our top uh, holiday films. Check them out. They're all solid films. They're really good films. Like I said, Nabil's got good ones. Marco's got good ones. I've got good ones. Uh, if you have some recommendations, feel free to hit us up on Twitter or Facebook on top of that. Yeah, share your this film is, recommendations. This will definitely be one of the topics Marco or Nabil will post on there. Yes. So take a look at it and uh, share us with us a couple of your favorite ones. All right, so now we're moving on to our review of Pixar's new animated film, Coco. So the IMDb summary for this one is aspiring musician Miguel, confronted with his family's ancestral ban on music, enters the land of the dead to find his great-great-grandfather, a legendary singer. This is directed by Lee Unkrich, who directed Toy Story 3. And Adrian Molina. It stars Anthony Gonzalez as Miguel, Gail Garcia Bernal as Hector, and then we have Benjamin Bratt as Ernesto de la Cruz, and then we also have Alana Ubach as Mama Imelda, and Renee Victor as Abuelita. Uh, Nabil, what did you think of the film? I enjoyed the film. I thought it was very entertaining, uh, very lighthearted, definitely a picture film. Um, I thought the graphics were amazing. Probably the best ones that we've seen um, from any animated film, at least this year. Um, and, I, I mean, overall, I, I thought it's uh, just really well done. The message came from A to B. You got, you got the story. And um, I think it was pretty tastefully done, too, for the Dios, uh, Dios de los Muertos. Am I saying Dia de los Muertos. There you go. There we go. I appreciate it from the Hispanic area. Marcos Hispanic. <laughs> Surprise. <laughs> So um, I thought it was a great kind of send up to that too. So they stayed on message from what I knew of the holiday or know of the holiday. I thought it was well done. Yeah, I, I agree with Nabil. I liked it as well. Uh, it's a great family film. Uh, I also agree. Animation was just fantastic. Really good. This might um, be some of the best animation I think I've ever seen. So yeah. just the the panoramic shot of the the city of the dead was just the lights so great. too. Yeah, yeah. It's something like, wow. like the most artificial light in a animated scene ever created or something wow i didn't know that just nuts they said there was like ten thousand little houses that they put on there with the lights like individually individually made yeah you can tell why this movie took three years to make wow yeah uh and the the performances the cast it was excellent i think it was uh casted very well everyone's uh performance and character was was great 
Um, it got the tradition of the Dia de los Muertos right as well, from what I know. And I, I even learned a, f- a few things. I didn't know about the petals that they used in the mo- in the movie. The flower petals, yeah. The flower petals. I thought it was something new. Uh, was, well, to me, I was like, oh, interesting. Um, but I think it's a great, great film. Highly recommended. I'd say it's a, it's a must watch. Yeah, I'm going to call it right now. I'm without knowing what all the uh, nominees are. I think this will win Best Animated Film at the Oscars. Hey, somebody write that down. Hold James to it. We're gonna visit. <laughs> if he, no, I'm doing it. I'm doing it right now. If he changes his fucking thing, <laughs> why not? This piece of shit right here. Um, no, I love the movie. Um, I don't know anything about the holiday. I'm mostly white, so I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, no, um, animation. We're very cultured here. Yeah, animation is really good. I really enjoyed uh, that they grabbed kind of a random kid to play Miguel. And it, it shows, and it, it's not nothing's forced out of it. I felt like it's a really good performance on his end. Yeah, yeah it felt so natural. I was like, oh, wow, dude, it's super kid's natural. believable. Yeah, and that's what Disney's been doing really well with that too. Disney Pixar, because I know they did that with Moana too. So they actually grabbed like an unknown person, and yeah. I think that kind of adds to these films. Yeah, they're kind of a realism, and you kind of even though Miguel is going after something I can't relate to, I guess I've never you know. It's kind of it's kind of, kind of a silly story in a way because yeah, yeah. I get well, everybody. he's he's pursuing his passion and dream. So yeah. that that's I think that's that's one thing that uh, like every kid can kind of look up to and be like, oh, I want to be an artist or I want to do this. Yeah, or do that, yeah. the know? thing is, Miguel's really good at what he does, though. Yeah. So self-taught, you know. Pre- well, he watched videos of uh, De La Cruz, right? Yeah, and that helped him out. But animation, beautiful. I love the music to this. I thought it was really well done. Yeah, especially the "Remember Me" song and. When it's performed at the end, it's very it's very touching. When you realize the meaning behind the song itself, right. I would say overall it's it's good for families. It's good for everyone, really, man. I like you know one of the things I really like the film is they're interchanging with the language of both English and Spanish. They didn't do it in a yeah. way that it's like oh well, there are some people that just speak Spanish, so they're just going to speak Spanish all the time. It was just like. They weren't catering anybody. No, it was they don't very, even, it was they very don't natural. They don't even have subtitles. No, they just no. go into Spanish. Some of the songs are just sung in Spanish. I was nope. lost. Uh, and <laughs> sometimes they just speak Spanish and then they speak English. I mean, for the most part, it's all in English, for sure. It's an English film. But um, the fact that they were able to blend the culture in and and not have to make it a thing where like only this person that speaks this language is what they do. It's, it's just a part of the film. It's just... Yep. You're set in Mexico. This is what they do. You know, this is everybody's kind of intermingled in this film. I I really hope that like Disney continues that and they they explore other cultures and and do it in the same way that feels natural and that makes it gives that that realistic vibe to it. Yeah. Definitely. Um, Let's without we'll go spoiler in a second. Anything that missed for you guys on this film? Anything you dislike? There's nothing. There's no strong dislike on my end. No. I did have like um, a plot hole I didn't like. No. I would just say that uh, at least to me I'd say that um so there's a part of the plot that I think was a little predictable for me, but that was just me. I think it's just because I watch a lot of movies. So <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll say what it is in spoilers. We all do. Yeah. yeah. All right. Let's jump into spoilers here, guys. So overall, though, I'm pretty sure all of us really enjoyed this one. I don't think it's just for kids. See. I think it, adults will find plenty to not only like in this film, but they can also probably relate to, especially because it has a very strong theme of family and not forgetting who your family is and what they mean to you and what you mean to them. Yeah. So, also, yeah. Yeah. 
it's also both, accepting. But yeah, yeah, accepting too. Uh, accepting what you do and loving what you do and, you know, not letting that affect you. But uh, yeah, spoilers are coming up. Stop listening to us. Okay, and we're back here. So, did you guys pick up on Hector being the great grandfather pretty early on too? I'm I'm not gonna lie, I uh, I did not. <laughs> Holy shit! <laughs> I was shit. sucked into it, uh, and right obviously I figured it out like before the big reveal was by like um, two minutes, and I was like, oh, I see what's happening right now. Wait a minute, the <laughs> yeah. music's changing. Right, <laughs> the Bill's fully immersed in but the I was, story. I was like, pretty much into it. vision. He's like, why does De La Cruz look crazy? Like <laughs> My a wife bad looked guy at now. me. She's like. You just figured it out. I'm like, yeah. She's like, I figured it out a while as ago. As soon as he met him, I looked over at my girlfriend. I was like, I bet that's, uh, I bet that's his grandpa. Yeah. I, when uh, when he went to go get the guitar, and then they'd say, oh, why don't you play something? And they reveal that uh, Hector can play guitar. I was like, uh, he's. Oh, when he played the, it for he, the one guy. Yeah, I was like, he's gonna be the dad. And I was like, he. I know, I know he is. I don't know. Dad, I knew it twenty minutes even before that. <laughs> but yeah, that this is still forty minutes before Nabil found yeah. out. Yeah, yeah, I was so involved <laughs> so, in the film, didn't even think about but it. But yeah, I, I'd say that's the one part that was a little predictable, um, just because it was just sort of floating out there. So mine was the uh, fact that he accepted the fact that he was murdered so easily. I didn't like that. That's the only part I didn't like. But is he's it like, that wait a minute. Da 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 da. Oh, oh, oh. oh yeah. you killed me. What? And then out of nowhere, he's yeah. like, that's why. And then I was like, that was like five seconds. <laughs> is yeah. it because they're already dead that he doesn't really care anymore? Uh, maybe. But no, then he gets the captured by him and shit. And the then I, I did like how they slowly reveal that Coco is his daughter, though. And that she, because she's she's dying in a way, yeah. she's very old, yeah. that she's starting to forget who he is. I thought that was really well done. How you? That's the part where I feel. Oh, I was like, oh, it's someone who's only one person remembers him. That's why. Yep. Because everybody else has banished him from their life. And you think that it's you know, like his love interest, yeah. something that's right. forgetting about him. Then you realize, oh, it's his daughter. It's his daughter. See, and daughter, that's yeah. why I didn't figure it out. Because the whole time I thought it was his wife who didn't remember him, or his one youngest daughter who's really old. And then when it finally clicked, I was like, okay, so I'm just an idiot. I should have caught this hell long ago. Just a side note: Nabil is notorious for. Not catching on no. to things sometimes, and I. I've this is to, what the films are made for people like me. I know me and Nabil don't see movies as often as we used to together, but I used to always turn over and like explain it to him. <laughs> yeah, it does happen mid fucking movie, like a, like a father I'm explaining like, so wait, it to his child. Right yeah, this is how life is, boy. <laughs> what he meant by this was, um, I I also like the fact that, uh, the, like you said, James, the song "Remember Me" when it's played yeah. at the end. Yeah. I like how it changes the meaning of the song. You, because at you first it sounds like a Elvis knockoff song in the beginning in a way. Yeah, and he's just like, all right, he's being like so vain and narcissistic. Remember yeah. me? And I was like, oh, that's so cheesy. And it's then like, you know like the to live immortally in a way, but it's really like a father's uh, song to his daughter. And I think that's a very beautiful thing, the way that they present it as a mm-hmm. flashback too. It's really effective. Yeah. Yeah, it's... Yeah, it's it's a very emotional scene. I'll I'll give you that. Yeah, and um, like you said, man, the music is just good, man. I will tell you, I and maybe just because I'm simple minded, but I the things oh God, I find so you didn't know that the dog the dog was hilarious. <laughs> yeah, no, the dog was. I so still funny. love the fact. Was that it he, strange that he was one of the creatures? He, I thought that was a weird transition. I was like, okay, I I see this, but like, yeah. kind of weird at the end how that happened. 
but I'm just saying he was chewing on his leg and he choked on his leg. <laughs> and then what did someone say? Or it could be a sausage someone yeah, dropped in a like, barbershop. Yeah. <laughs> Thought the dog was hilarious. That was a great comic relief throughout the whole film was that yeah. dog. Uh, what did you guys think of that Frozen short at the beginning? It wasn't as bad as I thought you said it was. Oh my god, wow. no, dude. No, wow. that but shit was bad it was, as fuck. It was bad. It was bad. And I thought Frozen was bad. I didn't like Frozen. I can see the appeal for kids. But you know what? The thing that really got me in that Frozen short? was overrated. Yeah. Did you watch exactly. Frozen? Hell no. Was, yeah. like, people oh, yeah. talked about it all the time. Made me not want to watch it, man. It's got that, some catchy songs. The knitting cat yeah, no part shit. thing that they had in there, I don't understand. That was just a segment that was too long where they just kind of cut the away to The whole fucking that. movie was yeah. too long, dude. But it Olaf was fucking was hilarious. 30 minutes. Again, might be simple-minded, but I thought Olaf was hilarious the whole film. Oh, my fucking God. <laughs> This is okay. why they have this shit here for people like Nabil. Yeah. Simple Sometimes these simple guys need something to hold themselves up. It was a shitty marketing scheme. And oh, like, they needed something to hold over the kids before the next Frozen comes out because they didn't expect it to be that popular. They're, Bob, they're there to watch Coco. They don't need anything else to hold them over. I agree. They're this could have been something on ABC. I was like, can we, can we get one of the Pixar films from one of the up-and-coming guys like they yeah. only do, which I like because they're only five minutes, ten minutes long. It yeah. Been, it should have been a TV special on ABC. Yep. That would have been fine. People would have watched it. You would have had millions of people watching it. Exactly. They almost would have made more money if they did Probably. that with advertising with on the like advertising. A Sunday night. Yeah. Commercials. On ABC. So I don't know why they chose to shove it in the film. Um, I, I almost l- forgot what I was watching. When <laughs> I, was, I was like, what the fuck? I don't know. What movie am I watching? All here? my friends always say I'm haters on the Frozen shit. Like, There's only two there are, things. The movie <laughs> is okay. It's not as good as people say it is. It got really popular because... Brave was better. Let's face it. A lot of kids like it and stuff. Well, that's a Pixar film. A lot of kids like Elsa, Um, specifically. Frozen-wise, I think Tangled is a better film overall. Yeah. Between the two. It's got a better message, I think. Yeah. But not everybody agreed. So, you know. But Mm. um, I didn't think there was any good music in this one. I thought... Oh, it's, in the Frozen thing? No, it there brings was no up music. every terrible aspect of Christmas of trying to find something to fit in, kind of thing. I didn't like that. They're trying to find all the traditions. Well, yeah, the just, just, just make your, cool. just make your own burned, tradition. No, they burn it uh, all. They the fucking flames. did. It's Olaf, bro. Yeah, oh. he is. No, well, hey, that, so sorry guys. That's not new Olaf. though. It's something that they've had. It's like, dude, that's just fucking make your own, dude. Marco, he loves warm hugs. He does. Okay, and hot baths. You know what? I'm thinking to build like this a little more than I fucking I like Olaf. This fucker has not stopped smiling since we started He's talking hilarious. about it. He's hilarious. Anyways, this was a side note. Regardless, overall, I recommend Coco to anyone. I am hard staring at Bill right now. <laughs> Bringing it back here. Coco, really well done. Yes. Great family film. Great film, period, I think. And I, I think it's going to win the Oscar for uh, Best Animated Film. I hope it does. Nabil. <laughs> Bill's I'm still just thinking about the dog now. He has his tongue he, wrapped around his snout. He wants the short to win. He wants the short to win. Oh my god! If it gets fucking nominated for best animated short <laughs> film, oh, I'm going to be like, "What's going on here?" Watch it, does. There's going to be a knock at Bill's door. Just <laughs> hi, I'm Olaf. I like warm hugs. He's like, "Oh my god, Olaf came." Okay, and that is our review of Coco. And also the end of podcast number twelve, guys. We got a, we got you know, we all got right, a big one coming. But this was a great one here. Uh, once again, thank you for all our feedback. Um, thank you for the responses we've been getting here and the reviews. Uh, and Marco here has something to let everybody know about. So we have our second giveaway brought to you by our local comic book shop, Waterfront Comics. For the next month, you'll get the chance to win a hardcover comic of the famous duo Rick and Morty. 
This special hardcover includes the first 10 issues of the Rick and Morty comic book series. How can you win it? Easy. Retweet or share our next few episodes and tag a friend that you think would enjoy our podcast. Winner will be announced on our January 2nd episode. Big shout out to the owner of Waterfront Comics, John Harder, for providing us with our second official giveaway. To share or retweet, follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash moviepalspod or on Twitter at moviepalspod. Okay, and a quick little thing too. Our next film is going to be one of the bigger ones that we've been anticipating. Uh-oh. It's going to be Star Wars Episode Eight: The Last Jedi. Yes. So exciting. All right, until next time, this is James. And Marco. And Abel. Have a good one. Thank you.